Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Cameron Belot. How are you, Cameron? Oh, I am great. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so appreciative of you coming on. Um, Cameron comes up, comes to us today from uh, London. Um, she is a 2020 graduate of our program, and we'll we'll talk more about that. But she is currently an international marketing strategist for. Tori Bell Cosmetics, and so I'm excited to talk about your uh, your quick ascension in the industry. It's just so impressive um, what you've done, Cameron, and I'm excited to talk to you about all of that. But let's go back in time a little bit first. Where are you from? Yeah, well, thank you for the introduction. I appreciate it. Of course. I'm from Vancouver, Washington, so that means not the Vancouver, Canada. Right. And it's right next to Portland, Oregon. So not Oregon, but right over the bridge from Portland and Vancouver. I'm from right. a tiny little town called Hawkinson. There's no way you've heard of it. <laughs> no, not at yeah. all. But I do. I love the Pacific Northwest. And it's just, um, I don't know. It seems like some really amazing people come from that area. And so yeah. I just... Uh, Sounds like it would be an idyllic place to grow up. Did you grow up in the, is like nature, like a big nature spot? Seems yeah. like they're just gorgeous, right? I totally took it for granted now that I keep going back because I'm like, oh, there's waterfalls and we're an hour from the mountain and an hour and a half from the coast and, you know, 20 minutes from the city. And it was so ideal. I mean, there's a lot of rain. Don't get me wrong, but right. that also made everything green. Right. So we were able to do so many things outdoors in the summers so it was honestly just jam-packed of activities all the time. I bet. I bet. What did your parents do when you were growing up? Yeah. So my dad had his own business. It was business okay. consulting and kind of performance. Uh -huh. And then my mom was actually a part-time personal trainer, which was pretty fun. So oh, wow. a good mix of the both. So we were always active, which yeah. was really fun. Yeah, I bet. For sure. Um, so what about siblings? Any Any siblings growing up? Yeah, I have one older brother, Connor. He uh -huh. is 28 now, and he lives in Vancouver area still. He nice. um, works for a medical device company now. Oh, cool. So he like manages all of the Vancouver and Portland area. So that's super great. Super proud of him. Yeah. He's you know holding down the fort back at home. Right on, right on. Um, so what was what was young Cameron like uh, growing up? Tell us about tell us about uh, identity formation and all of that. Like what were you into um, and, mm -hmm. and whatnot? Yeah, I guess if you've if you've met me or you've had me in class, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners have, you know that I'm pretty outgoing naturally, right? right. So imagine even more energy than I have now as a kid playing <laughs> right. as many sports as possible. Okay, Played soccer, golf, track. I cheered for a year, which was very random. Um, I did art and sculpture, and I was just very involved in as many things as possible. Wow. Kind of like the Energizer Bunny, I would say. I love say. it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it I'm like, sounds you know, like it. All those things you just listed, that sounds like the Energizer Bunny for <laughs> yeah. sure. Oh man! Well, I, I need you to I need you to counsel my daughter because she told me she told me yesterday she's going to go out for the golf team, and I'm <sighs> like, well honey, like she's going into high school next year. And I was like, well, honey. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'll buy you golf clubs and we'll get some lessons. No, 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 no. I don't need to do all that. I'm like, 
Uh, no, if you go out for the golf team, you pretty much need to know how to golf. <laughs> that does, that does make sense, but yeah. I will say it's really easy to learn. Like yeah. the learning curve is quick, but I will say you definitely need to learn how to do it first. There's a lot of rules yeah. and yeah. it's not super easy. Yeah. Well, since you've, since you see me last, I've become a super big golfer. So I, uh, so I was, I was stoked to hear her say that, but, um, uh, but you know, she balked when I said I was going to buy her clubs and get a, a lessons. And so I was like, uh, okay, we'll see. But, uh, yeah. anyway, so, um, so now let's get into a little bit about how you, you found Cal Poly because obviously it's not, um, you know, it's a long ways from home. So, yeah. um, was there a connection somehow? Um, how did the, how did the process work, uh, to find Cal Poly? Yeah. So I think I always knew that I wasn't going to stay in Washington. I was very over the rain from an early, early age. Right. I was like, I want to go somewhere sunny all the time. Like, why do we live here? And so I was always looking at schools in sunnier states in California. Mm -hmm. My dad actually suggested it. He had had a business partner, somebody, a colleague that went there and just raved about it. And he's like, Hey, well, you know, while we're on our tour, like let's stop at Cal Poly, see what you like. Um, so I, I looked at it, right. Just early years of high school, but then they had this engineering camp become available in the summer. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but they, you know, they take high school kids and they do a week long engineering camp on campus and you, you know, meet the professors and you do mm-hmm. all of, all of the real life experience, um, of college in a week. And so my parents were like, just do it. You can see if you like it. And at that point I thought I was going to go become a mechanical engineer. Right. <laughs> I didn't, which was very random, um, but I did it and I loved it. I, you know, right. got to stay in the dorms. I got to meet people and I loved how close to the beach we were. And I just kind of fell in love with the professors as well, mm-hmm. even though I never had them again because right. they're engineering professors, but right. I just, I was like, this is so perfect. This is so fun. I love it. And then that was probably my junior, sophomore year of high school. And then I was, I was set. I only applied to Cal Poly and I early decisioned. No way. Yeah. That is wild from Washington to, uh, to do that. I mean, I can see like, if you're like a legacy, like for me, you know, UNC, um, UNC Chapel Hill was the only place I applied, but that was two hours away and I was a third generation Tar Heel. So that is pretty impressive that you were that decisive. I love that. I love that. So let's talk about, um, your time at Cal Poly, um, and you know we'll get into the we'll get into the graduation thing um, in in, uh, in a few minutes, but but let's talk about your experience when you were here. Um, what what stands out to you? You know, when you look back about your four years, was there was there a moment where you know that you'll never forget, or was there something that you got involved in that you feel like really helped to define you? Um, any any of those sorts of things. Honestly, it felt like a dream. I did right. not realize how great it was until I left, right? Um, and pretty abruptly too. So I think that sent that off. But there's so many parts of it that I just look back on. I don't have one definitive time, but I can give, you know, shed light on a few times that I just remember being like, wow, I am so lucky. This is the right place for me. I remember I had multiple field trips in, you know, GEs and EIM classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess formerly RPTA that we would go on field trips literally to like Montana de Oro or to really cool hotels on the beach. And we'd watch the sunset as a class and we'd, you know, find a topic to talk about that related to those outdoor experiences. And yeah. I was like, there's no other place I could be 
where I'm with my friends in class and we're watching the sunset and we're getting credit for it. Right. Like this is incredible. So I remember times like that. I remember, you know, hiking Madonna Mountain Christmas season, you know, to go see the lights on top of the hill. I remember, I know this is a little cheeky, but getting up at 4 a.m. for St. Patty's Day. Right. I was like, what the heck? That's a big Cal Poly tradition. Yeah. So really like leaning into all the California and Cal Poly things I had never done. Right. I was like, this is just so bizarre. Like every weekend there's something cool. Every day in class, we're like trying new things. And so I think just all of it. I mean, even the farmers markets, right? There's so many. There was actually a season I thought I was going to become a surfer. And so my my flatmates and I, we bought surfboards and we maybe went three times. Right. And we were incredibly average. But it's just that kind of can do spirit, right? Right, right. We well, well, Cameron, we have that in common because um, my first two weeks, Jerusha and I's first two weeks in um, in San Luis Obispo, we went surfing with Dr. Hendricks uh, like twice, <laughs> and um, bought like I mean, we bought wetsuits. Uh, we didn't actually buy surfboards. I think we like rented surfboards um, because I had tried it before, and my little uh, T Rex arms. Um, it didn't do too well, like paddling. I, 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 I couldn't paddle out and, um, and, and I, uh, I somehow could not get over the, the fear of sharks for some reason has always been like pretty strong in me. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I didn't, I didn't do so well with that either. <laughs> That's all right. But you know, like you think you can do it and I know. Yeah. Thing, yeah. And then, exactly. You know, exactly. Right. I exactly. And I, I did paddle boarding. I like that. Did you have you mm-hmm. ever paddle boarded? I think only one time. So I know yeah. I like it, but it was never, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. did, you didn't go forward. Didn't go forward with it. But that's great. I love that. Thanks for sharing all that. So so what about um, you know, let's talk about I, I think in fact, I think Cameron, you are the first 2020 graduate that 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 I've had on the podcast. So I think we would be um you know, I think we would be out of sorts to not to not address it, right? And to talk about what the experience was like. Um, obviously, obviously, it was an, like you, I think you said an abrupt end, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, can you can you reflect on that experience and what it taught you, what it was like, and 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 what happened moving out of that? Like, um, where did you end up doing your internship and that sort of thing? Yeah. So, as we all know, we the pandemic came. So it happened right, you know, at the pinnacle of our senior year. And I think we all kind of didn't take it very seriously at first. So we weren't preparing for it. We weren't making plans. We were really making jokes and didn't realize the severity. And so it came to such a shock that all of a sudden, hey, you know, spring break was extended or we're, you know, finals are going to be online. People are, can't come into class. You know, it was really kind of got scary quickly and really sad because we weren't able to really properly say goodbye to our classmates. We didn't realize it was the last day we'd be together in a lot of our classes. We didn't realize we wouldn't get a proper goodbye to some of our favorite favorite professors. And so it was honestly very, you know, gut-wrenching, sad, heartbreaking in a way. And I didn't expect to feel that way because when you're a senior, you're kind of ready to go almost. We're like, oh, we're going to get our jobs. We're taking on the world. But then it kind of just gets taken away from you. And then you realize it's actually very, very sad. And so we did the best that we could by, you know, creating Facebook groups and still reaching out to people and having our reunions a few years later. So that was just a 
frustrating time. I actually wasn't able to leave slow because at the time you weren't supposed to be flying. And I, I live in Washington, obviously. And so I was stayed in my home with about two other friends who couldn't fly home either. And we spent the pandemic in slow, which granted is a, a great place to be in the sunshine, but you know, you're not with family, which was a little bit challenging. And we just kind of had to figure out things to do just like everyone else. Um, so then I guess what one great thing as we kind of transition to my, my life now, um, how I got here, I guess, is that, you know, I did feel pretty bad for myself, right? At first I was like, this sucks. I want to graduate. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I had a job offer that was rescinded. Right. So I was pretty crushed, but I realized I can sit around and feel bad for myself or I can try to put this time to good use. Right. Which I'm was shocked that I was, you know, so mature at that time. Right. And so I started t- studying for the GED to maybe apply to some schools for my master's. And so I ended up applying to two schools, Cal Poly and Holt International Business School. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to get into both. And I just figured which one's going to push me more. Like, let's see how much I can grow. And one was in London and one was in my beloved Cal Poly area. And I just figured, you know what, let's just go to London for a year, do the master's program. If I hate it, I'll come back. If I love it, I'll stay. And that's what brought me out here. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so, wow. What, what a story. And, and um, I, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing um, how, how hard it was. And um, it's hard for me to, to hear you, to hear you talk about it. I mean, obviously we, we all went through the pandemic together, but you know, we as we as as faculty um, felt for you all, obviously, um, and um, um, you know, just uh, so happy to see you come out the other side and to be so successful and to get a master's degree in international marketing is just so impressive. To to you know, to land on your feet and to 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 bounce back like that is just uh, just so great. So let's talk about now what 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 you're doing now um uh, now I know, I know you've had a couple of positions in between but um but uh but let's talk about Tori Bell and, and what you do what you're doing I know you've had some I, I've seen on LinkedIn some you've had some <laughs> amazing experiences but let's talk about how you got that job and 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 what you're doing yeah so it's I mean it's hard to say how you get jobs I feel like things right. just find you and doors right. just open but I was my master's degree actually went online. So I was back to virtual school and I was like, what am I going to do with my time again? And so I kind of just put some feelers out and I actually started working part-time for Tori Bell Cosmetics. But the reason I was able to you know, meet them was that it was a mutual friend of a friend's friends started this company in uh-huh. Seattle. You know, it was like one of those things. Uh-huh. And I, I met, ran into them at a dinner And I said, hey, you know, I'm living in the UK doing marketing. And they were like, wow, we need a marketer in the UK right now. And I was like, well, sign me up, right? (laughs) I was like, please please hire me. Uh So I kind of like stalked them and messaged them. And I was like, please give me a job. And so I I went on part-time as kind of the boots on the ground out here because they had just recently expanded to the UK. Uh And so they had a small sales force out here. You know, they were working on their marketing. And I was like, I will do anything you need. I will travel. So I kind of was just doing, you know, random just bits, anything I could do to help this kind of startup environment. And that was really fortunate enough to turn into a full-time position after I graduated. And so I was doing, well, what I do now 
it's hard to put a you know full title on it. So I do so many things is right. you know, I do marketing strategy for our socials. So I kind of, you know, I steer the strategy for the UK social media and our US social media. So kind of understanding the cultural differences, you know, working with ads and email marketing and all of the marketing mix, right? But I also do a lot of the support and events for the UK salespeople out here. So I come together with, you know, some events for them to make them feel encouraged. And I really work a lot with the field out here and chat with them every day and make them, you know, give them updates, make them feel supported. I also work a little bit with the product development and try to market some of our new cosmetic products. So it's very much a startup industry or, you know, company. So I'm, I have my hands all over the place. (laughs) That makes sense. It's hard to say what I really do because it's always something different. Right, right. So, so let's talk about um, like maybe your most memorable event or your most memorable activation or your most memorable marketing pitch um, to kind of give um, to give everyone a perspective of um, of of what you do. Yeah, I mean, I can give. I might give a few just to uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. everything. So, yeah, please. Do, I just yeah. got back. I literally flew in about three days ago, which feels uh-huh. like a minute ago with jet lag right. from Vegas. I helped produce our annual, you know, kind of sales field conference. Yeah, which was really cool. So it's about four hundred people in Vegas, and we had a two-day conference. It's about two and a half days, and we had keynote speakers, and we had you know activations. We had selfie rooms. We had you know networking events we had a pool red carpet gala right so right. i helped do that so i was there on site all week and i planned that for a few months with a couple of the other members of the team wow. so that's kind of a big you know event that we've done that was just fun full of glitter and makeup and just exciting but of i've course. also you know helped launch some products out here in the uk and made them culturally relevant so i've worked with our ads team and said hey let's change the spelling here or let's try to use this kind of feel or brand out here. Cause I think it's going to resonate with the UK people because mm-hmm. that was my job to kind of learn what they like. Mm-hmm. And so I've also helped launch some of our new cosmetics out here in a tasteful way that appeals to them. So there's a lot of strategy involved with those kind of decisions. So some days I'm doing in-person events, some days I'm doing really high level strategy about a certain country, right? So that's just kind of the spectrum of what I do now. Right. Right. I love it. And, you know, um, I know your, your, your senior project was, was on experiential marketing and, and sensory marketing. And so I wonder if, um, as you're talking, I, I started pulling up, I'm like, I think her, mm-hmm. uh, I think her senior project, um, can you, can you reflect a little bit on, do you feel like that's helped you, um, in, um, in what you do now? Yeah, I really do. Because at the time, I mean, obviously in college, you have a rough idea about what you want to do. And I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do, but I'd always been creative. Right. So I wanted to kind of do something different. I liked events. I liked, you know, the idea of experiential marketing, really adding excitement to marketing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that definitely translated into what I do now, because I'm always looking for that fun edge or that one big difference or ways to add creativity into these events. So, you know, we'll have an event. I'm like, how can we make it smell? How can we give them something to take home? Where are they going to take pictures at? And like, why are they going to love it? And so I have that little like thinking cap on that I learned a lot from from my undergrad and definitely my senior project because I learned about the different ways that big events um, and big companies, they really, you know, make that work for their brand. And so I'm always thinking of like, how can we make it special? 
Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, um, as as you were talking too, I was thinking to myself, um, the marriage, right, uh, of 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 experience design and, and what you got here at Cal Poly through um, event planning, experience management, concentration, coupled with an international um, international marketing um, uh, master's degree. Uh, seems like it would just be a great marriage. And so, you know, I I talk a lot to students about like, well, I mean, shouldn't I have business? And I'm like, well, yeah, but you can get the experience design and then you can go out and get your MBA or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talk about that marriage with with students. And so I wonder if you can reflect on how you feel that that marriage has has benefited benefited you. Yeah. Well, I think Cal Poly is so different than so many other schools that I actually had the real life experience you know, through our through our major and through the school itself. So I felt like I knew events and experiences so well before I even left college. I had done all my internships and volunteering and clubs and all of the opportunities that I could, you know, without exhausting myself. You know, don't don't do too much. Right. Just right. do what you want to do. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, don't do crazy stuff, but do what you want to do. And I felt like I really had a good grasp on all of that just through hands-on work, like actually doing the projects and working for real clients. And then when I went to this you know, secondary school, that's where I got more high-level strategy, maybe more business type thinking experience and in, in more formal education, I'd say. So I think that really married well. I was like, I know what I'm doing with my hands and what I can do as a project because I have the, all that real-life experience in Cal Poly. And then I was able to kind of blend that with more formal, maybe traditional business marketing education, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about London. So, um, you know, obviously it's super scary to, to, to move (laughs) and particularly in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it's even more, it's even more scary, I would imagine, but, um, but what's that experience been like? How have you grown as a person um, through that experience? Would you would you recommend it to to those people out there who are thinking to themselves, "Hey, maybe I, I maybe I would like to to have an international experience"? Um, what would you what advice would you give? Yeah. Um, so I actually never been here before I moved here, which just sounds a little bit reckless now that I look back on it. I'm like, that's <laughs> a little reckless. But right. at the time, I was like, they speak English. It's a direct flight from, you know, any major city in the U.S. I'm like, it can't be too bad, right? I'm like, right. I speak English. I feel like I can I can handle it. So I think it's a great segue into the European market if you're really interested in being an international business person or events person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pretty similar. There's obviously the differences in, in culture and words and, you know, just the way of life. Yeah, we've heard you say say, cheeky and flat already, you know? (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's going to get me in trouble. (laughs) All my American friends are going to be like, oh, my gosh, you need to stop it. But it really it really wears, you know, wears on you. It's pretty easy to adapt this culture. Everyone is is nice and fun. It's it's very different. It's just like a big city, you know, so I would assume it's similar to New York in a way where, you know, you find your little borough you're happy with. You have your little area. You have your, you know, your go to grocery store, your go to pub. Right. But it's still a big city. I can go, you know, take the tube one stop and be in the center of Liverpool Street with all the high rises and the business people. Right. So it's really whatever you want. You can make it here just the same way in New York or 
San Francisco, it's really what you're looking for. You know, if I wanted to be a marathon runner, I could run through all the parks here. If I wanted to be big business banking, I could go to the banking district. Right. So I think it's it's really cool. I love the city. The people are nice. You know, sometimes it's a city, so they're not always nice. But sometimes right. <laughs> it really just depends on the day. Right. But I would say it's a great it's a great city. It's not too far. It's about I think five or six hours from New York. It's about nine ten hours from San Francisco. So it's far, but right. it's not. It's not too crazy. It's just it's a plane not as ride. Far as, yeah, it's not as far as you think, right? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, I, I love that. Well, um, uh, so the the last thing that that I'll that I'll ask you about is, um, you know, you you graduated in the middle of a pandemic. You you got your you know you 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 got a master's in the middle of a pandemic. You uh, you're now working coming out of a pandemic, but we're still kind of like, oh, is this a pandemic or is it not? You know, I wonder what advice you could have for people, um, particularly our, our current students, right, who may have a little bit of um, scar tissue from the last several years and are worried about our industry and worried about um whether whether the jobs are, are still going to be there and 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 that sort of thing like um what have you learned over the last year uh about the experience industry and and whether whether it be our, our resilience or 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 what yeah i mean that's a great question i have quite a few things popped in my head but I would say one thing is experience is never going to go away i think we're one of the only industries that will never be replaced by, you know, AI or tech because people really want that in-person experience, right? I do. You right. do. You get it. You want to go zip lining. You want to go have a great experience at a hotel. You can't really re- replace that, right. right? You can't replace that human connection. And I think that's why we're a really resilient industry. We can never really be replaced. Mm-hmm. And I think that people want it more now than ever. You know, they were in their houses for two years. Mm-hmm. They're ready to come back and, you know, safely and adapt to the new lifestyle, but they want to see people. They want to dance. They want to see their friends. They want to be catered to. And especially now, just the way that businesses are set up, it's so much more experience-based. You know, we have one bad experience and I can switch to a different company, right? I'm like, if I have one, especially in cosmetics, I have a bad customer service experience. I'm like, I can get something else somewhere else. So it's really up to companies and brands now to really make their customer experience at an all-time high and amazing. So I think you can find that experience industry in so many things. If it's a brand experience, if it's an in-person experience, you know, Zoom experiences. Think about how creative people had to be to have webinars and things in the pandemic. There's so many ways to adapt our industry into different roles. And I think, I know I'm going on a tangent a bit, but I think it's it's never going to go away. And I think, sorry, if I can keep going, I'm just, I'm on a I was going to say you're on a roll. Don't, don't, don't think of it as a tangent. I love it. But my <laughs> advice, I mean, take this as, as you wish to whoever's listening, because I'm also a new graduate. I'm just learning just like everyone else. But my advice is to kind of go out there and take it. Don't, you know, don't wait for an opportunity, kind of speak things into existence. The more that you're talking about things, the more people are able to help you. And I've realized people want to help you. You know, I told people I was moving to London and then these random people off of Facebook were like, Hey, I have a cousin out there or I have a stepsister out there. If you need anything. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know this, but just speaking it into existence 
people will want to help you. And so if you have an idea, like I want to move to Germany, put it on Facebook, say it out loud and see what happens. And I think just doing that can start to open up some doors and some ideas. So that would be one of my main, my main advices to really anyone. I think that's, I think it's such great advice, Cameron. I, 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 um, I could not agree more. I mean, I, 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 I talk to students sometimes who say, say, you know, I want this or I want that. And I'm like, well, you know, have you told people, have you, have you, um, have you reached out for informational interviews and and that sort of thing like that people want to help. Um, you know, when I, when I think about this, uh, one of the great things about this podcast is just, um, hearing and seeing how willing our alumni are to help, right? Like, Hey, you know, reach out to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you about, about what, um, what you're interested in and, and that sort of thing. And I'm happy to be a mentor and it's just been, it's just been so amazing to see. And, and obviously I feel like, um, with a learn by doing institution, like we have, and, and with um, the close-knit family type of feel that we try to foster in the classroom, I think it's only natural for us to want to stay more connected and to want to help each other. And so to just hear you hear you say that, I think um, is just uh, it's just awesome. And, and thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I could not agree more about the resilience of our industry and, and just hearing someone speak it who, who went through a tough time period and, and, um, came out the other side, just, um, just killing it. I love it. You're just, uh, you're, you're, you're a rock star, Cameron. And, um, I just, I just, uh, I just love it. And, um, just been so great to see all the great things that you've done. And, um, just want to say to, to keep it up and, and so appreciate your time. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And again, anyone, reach out to me. I'm constantly reaching out to alumni too. So we're all on the same boat. And I like what you said, we're all willing to help. And it's such a good family orientation, right? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. See ya. Cheers. Bye.